I, all I, I had said, to do was say, all I said was Gary, congratulations, Gary, hear, question mark. Do you hear the words uh, you're you... saying? That you're not respecting her opinions and that <laughs> she doesn't feel like you value her as a person. Yeah. Because... Are we in therapy now? I, I had to start saying, I, I feel... I mean, how much stock do you guys give vectors at all? Like, I don't go by them at all. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, vectors leak gives me a general idea of what's out there. But exactly. I just change completely. Yeah. Well, maybe we could talk to the makers out there then and say, look, you have to be open to critique. Like, that's yeah. the most important part of making art is being open to the critique of it. Well, wait, it wasn't recording. Hey, toy family! <laughs> you can't laugh over me. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, toy family! Welcome to another edition of the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything toys. I'm as sick as hell, Gary Ham. Oh goodness, I'm Teresa Hawkins. <laughs> I'm George Gaspar. Guys, I'm, I apologize. I'm sick. I thought I would be good for this recording, but I took the day off work. I pretty much slept most of the day. My head hurts. My everything hurts, actually. But I'm here. You sound sick. You can hear you, it in your voice. Do you have allergies or is it flu? I don't know that it's either. I thought it was allergies at first. I think it's just a nasty head cold. It's just, it's been brutal. It knocked me out today. It wasn't too bad, you know, uh, the past couple days. That sucks. Yeah, um, but I, well, I'm taking my OJ. I'm drinking my fluids. I'm, you know, getting my rest. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be. So uh, at this rate, I should be good by uh, next Thursday. <laughs> perfect well you're sick george dealt with traffic i worked late we're all just you know we're just coming to this miserable so it's gonna be a high energy wonderful podcast everybody get ready strap in and listen up <laughs> george i think you're the peppy one of all of us so you're gonna take over tonight but i think our guest is good to go as well so let's just go ahead and introduce him um he is a sculptor and resin producer actually probably most well known for his willow and bloomer releases but probably more so than that he's uh, might be better known for his camper lifestyle he's been traveling the continental usa in working and living out of his camper if you were at five points fast last year you saw probably saw his camper out there parked in the food truck area that's where he was actually exhibiting from um so let's welcome kyle kerwan hello hey kyle is it kerwan or kerwan it's i say kerwin but kerwan sounds much cooler <laughs> So wait, it's, official, it's officially Kerwin. Now. Yes, we're making it official. Kerwin, Kyle, Kerwin, Kerwin. And you're Kyle. married now. Are you married to Sarah Bowes? No, you're not married. Okay. No, we are engaged to you're, be married. Well, okay, that's good Is enough. Bowes or booze? Bowes. Okay. Now, I last week I said booze. So I was wrong. That's, yeah. I think that's the hardest thing about doing a podcast is trying to pronounce everything. Someone actually did IM me right after I guess they heard it. And it's like, dude, it's Boz. I'm like, no, it can't be Boz because it's spelled with B-O-O-Z. That would be like you don't say Bach instead of book. You don't say uh, Some of us don't. Bob instead of boobs. Yeah, you, like, you say moobs and boobs, not mobs and bobs. <laughs> I hate the English language. Can we just start with that? <laughs> Which one do you like better? As far as what? The English language <laughs> Which versus... Which language do you like better? Which <laughs> language do you like better? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't think I can speak any other language. I have a tough enough time with the English language. So many different pronunciations and stuff. I mean, 
you're not fooling anybody. We all knew that. True. This is true. <laughs> Look at that. You're coming right out of the gate. Throwing punches. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so where are you? And we know that you, you, like I just mentioned, you drive the continental USA in your camper. So where mm-hmm. are you now? Uh, we are in Arizona right now. Oh, we're just, yep. what part of Arizona? We are in beautiful Lake Havasu. Beautiful Lake. So you're, all right. So you're probably about three hours away from me. I think so. We're, we're literally across the river from the, the California border right now. Like California's on the other side of the river. Okay. Like a little like vacation town for like snowbirds, but I have a, a family member that has like a vacation house up here. So we, uh, we came and crashed for a couple weeks, get some work done. Okay. I have a lot of questions about your camper lifestyle, how you do that as a collector, a sculptor, how you'd even display. I, can you display anything in a camper as, when you're as on the As a motor? seller too. Like how do you do it as a seller? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so many questions, Kyle. Ask away. Uh, uh, I mean, want- well, let's hold off. Let's do Lisa's Think Peaks first. This is usually the first part of the show or first segment of the show. Are you familiar with it, Kyle? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. So anyone uh, who's just now tuning into season three, Lease and Sneak Peaks is the part of the show where we discuss or mention anything that we might have seen on social media this week that we kind of want to make the listeners aware of. So Kyle, since you're our guest, do you want to go first? Okay. Sure. Have at it. Uh, okay. So a couple things. I have two. Is that all right? If that's all right. That's good. So one of the things I saw earlier this week was um, Brent Alaska released uh, or is releasing a new figure. I think he's actually has two figures for the uh, in action show at Clutter, which is tomorrow. But I guess that will be what last Saturday. Yep. As this comes out, but his new figure was crazy. Uh, it's got like the Death's Head moth on it. Um, I don't know. I saw that one and I was like, yeah, I might have to get that one. Are you gonna go for it? I don't know. It's we can talk about it later. It's hard to collect things in the RV, and I have really, <laughs> I have really specific things that I collect. So a lot of times I just appreciate people's stuff and like share their things. And also I like, I don't have a lot of money because of the aforementioned living in the RV and traveling around and selling things. So I might though, like this one might be the one there's been so many of his, so much of his stuff that's come out that I've really like been in love with, that I wanted to pick up that like, I just didn't pull the trigger and somebody else got it. Or once it, it went away, like another colorway came out and I was sort of like, oh, that one. And saw a sneak for like another figure coming out. But this one uh, really blew me away. Well, the, what is the name of the show this weekend? It's In Action Figure Show at Clutter, okay, so it, Clutter Gallery. So it, is it just the, the one artist or is it multi-artist? Oh, sorry. No, it's um, a bunch of artists. It's all like um, – they have a lot of different things. Some of it is like bootlegger heavy or some of it's like people that do like they like mod action figure parts. So like people that do like G.I. Joe sort of stuff or people that do like the, the He-Man figures or like mods and that. So they're all customs like that. They're all like kit bashed figures and things like that. Yeah. A bunch of stuff like oh, okay. that. The Brent Alaska piece I was talking about was um, called Afterlife. I think it's a mashup of like two of his other figures. He put like a, um, a face on his death head moth figure. It's really cool looking. It's one of those things you should look up. Awesome. I think I did see it. I think, I think I do recall it. And I, another one that I saw this week, I haven't seen all the ones for the in-action show, but I did see this one. Uh, this one I really love. It was by Junkfed, and it was the He-Man figure sitting atop the, the Battlecat figure. But was what was brilliant about it, it was painted in Thundercat's color. So Battlecat was painted as Snarf, and He-Man was painted as um, – fuck, my brain's foggy. Um, who's the main Thundercat? Lionel? Lionel. Yeah, so it was Lionel sitting atop Snarf. It was brilliant. I really liked that one. 
That's cool. I wonder if it's the same person that did the um, that Jake and um, Finn figure from years back. Maybe. I'm not sure. I, one difficulty that I have with the bootleg and you said kit bashing world is like they're, because they're kit bashing, you don't always know like the individual styles or maybe I'm just not knowledgeable enough to recognize whose individual styles are different or whose. Like Sucklor is probably the one stand out for me, but outside of that, I have difficulty kind of recognizing individual styles from people. So it all kind of looks the same. So I, I can't pinpoint who that might have been. Okay, cool. That makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> so what was your second one? So it was just a sneak then at this point, uh, and I, I don't know if this is supposed to be out, but I saw it on the internet, and it's not like I I was hacking the emails or anything, so I saw it out there. But it's the um, the vector art for the new Dunny series coming out in July. I know we're like getting oh, yeah. fast and quick at this point. There's a Dunny series released today, but there's a new one coming out, um, the Cryptid series, which looks – some of the vectors look really cool. And it's, uh, it looks like there's a bunch of multi-art, like a, it's another multi-artist series with like a bunch of really awesome artists like Crayola, Chris Reiniak, I think, Amanda Louise Spade, no, Tara McPherson, I think, saw some of that stuff in there. So it looks, that one got me excited. This is completely news to me. Yeah. I have not seen anything on this. This came out today? Yep. Yeah, where, is, where did you see that one at? I saw it on a Facebook buy, sell, trade forum. Oh, nice. Uh, Kid Robot. Yeah, it was just out of nowhere this morning. Huh. Yeah, Gary, that, that's one of the groups I told you that you should hop in on. There's a kid robot buy sell trade group and someone posted. It's not like it's definitely not high quality, so it's really hard to kind of zoom in and take a look. So it was really simplistic vectors. But I saw that too, Kyle, and I got kind of excited. Chris and Amanda haven't done production pieces with Kid Robot and God knows when. I don't even know if Amanda has. So oh, I was excited to see them in there. Did they show yeah. actual vectors of all of the figures? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did any artists get in the group and complain and cuss out and how you should never show vectors that early? Nope. No? Not that I saw so far. Huh. Let me go check the post. Maybe and that see was just if, last uh... week that happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, it. someone actually just randomly posted it and said, um, you know, something like, does anyone have information on the Kid Robot City Cryptic Dunny series? And I'm like, you clearly seem to have the information. You just posted yeah. vectors. I'm, play, I'm playing but, dumb, but um, I have all the information. I hate those. Yeah. The, the person's okay. name that leaked them, I didn't, I didn't catch her name, but like for a minute, I was like, well, this seems like a fake name. This is completely yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, It like, does. Tangle McCrinkin well, something. The, the intriguing part is that one of the designs is not a dunny. <laughs> yeah, it's, at all. I don't even know what it is. It almost looks kind of like the Raffi shape. But yeah, if anyone's in the Kid Robot Buy, Sell, Trade, it's out there. Huh. I didn't release it, so I feel fine Here. in sneaking it. It's- yeah, let me uh, – I'll shoot you all a link, uh, George and Well, Gary, if you're not so a part of a member of the group, though, we probably can't see it. No, I'll, I'll screenshot it. Oh, okay. And- cool. Yeah, I mean that's crazy early. I mean something coming out in July has already been shown. I mean, maybe it wasn't supposed to be. Maybe it was just in their sales promo and someone let it fly that it's out there. But you know what? Some, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Kid Robot wants this stuff to get out there because I feel as if they didn't want it to get out there, there's things that they could do to prevent it from happening. You can cover it in watermarks, you know, do not yep. share. All, I've seen all sorts of different varieties. So if this one doesn't have any of that watermark crap all over it, it's probably something that they don't mind, you know, getting out there. Yeah. It's also hard when you're dealing with, like, I don't know, multiple artists, and I'm sure that they're not supposed to show it around, but, like, oh, let me just show my friend, and then your friend's like, 
Oh, uh, look, dude, I, I saw this the other day to his other friend, and that friend doesn't know, and then he sends it to somebody, and then that guy's like, I'll put this online. Right. So, right. like, it can easily get out of control if you start, if you're an artist and you start sharing it, even with your friends. Yeah. People are jerks. Oh, I just found the full list of artists. Y'all want me to read it? Sure. Now okay. we're the jerks. I know, but I'm not the one. I'm just reading what I saw. I'm not the one. No, totally. Doing. I'm going to read the paragraph. Scott Tollison has assembled an all-star cast of artists to bring you his city cryptic cryptid dunny series. The artists include Greg Crayola, Simkins, Chris Raniak, Alex Party, Charlie Emmer, Amanda Louise Spade, Chris Lee, Candy Bolton, Skinner, Tara McPherson, and Scott Tollison. Okay. That's a hefty list. Yeah. I'm looking at this, this the the vectors now. I mean, there's a couple of them that don't resemble a dunny at all to me. Yeah. The, yeah. The on that one look like, if I had to guess, that looks like Tara's stuff. Yeah. Like that looks her blue. So maybe she's like, no, I'm not going to do a dunny. You just make this figure. We'll call it a dunny. They're like, sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Sure. Here. Take it or leave it. But yeah, there's. I think there's maybe two others in here that I can't tell if... They don't represent what I might think is a dunny, but maybe that's just in the in the vector form. Maybe it's being covered up by the design. But as I think, as long as the dunny ears are there, then it's a dunny. But um, by the vectors, I can't tell. So we'll just wait for the final product to determine. I mean, how much stock do you guys give vectors at all? Like, I don't go by them at all. I'm like, oh, cool. Like vectors leak it gives me a general idea of what's out there. But exactly. I just change completely, and like, I'm never like, oh my god, it doesn't match up to the vector. I'm not buying it. No way. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I I put zero stock in it whatsoever. It's like we all I've seen enough to know that the vectors are extremely different than the three D form, and it's it gives you a general idea of what it might look like. But a lot of times the artist their monitor colors that they chose are very different than their Pantone colors they chose, and it's it's just not an exact representation. And also when you're working on the, on the Dunny template or any you know two D template, you're kind of working flatly. You're not designing your design to kind of look like a three D form. In, within the templates so yeah. it's never a great representation of the final form but it will give you i guess some insight towards what it might look like yeah yeah I mean, it's like a teaser like it's just like a hey exactly what's up guys check this out I, I i do agree with you kyle i feel like vectors are, are really just a preview i think you know it's very hard to know which of these are going to be sculpted it looks like a lot of them are going to involve sculpts in some way versus just being uh you know printed straight on the dunny form so it's always cool to get a glimpse but i always for sure prefer to see actual photos before i decide how i feel about them because this is just never really going to give a great idea of what the final product's going to be but we can tell that that one is straight up not a dunny right like that's right why is that that (laughs) even in there it doesn't even like look like it has any dunny parts like like some i could be like oh like i've designed a couple dunnies where it's like just a dunny head or uses like dunny ears on a thing but that doesn't i don't think that has nothing i don't think that has anything from a dunny at all and it looks like a completely different figure altogether it doesn't it like you mentioned raffi sort of maybe raffi but it's not a raffi it seems like it's completely original design like maybe it's a a, a mini counterpart to something maybe yeah yeah well because cryptids are all cryptids are what they're um the fake animals like all the werewolves and stuff those are count those count as cryptid the examples they wrote were um things like bigfoot 
mm-hmm. Nessie, yeah. and Chupac. <laughs> I can't even say it. Yes, thank you. Sucker. Well, Kaya, you brought a real leak. I didn't even know about this. Interesting. I'm on that next level. Yeah, I mean, it's like I mean, it's a leak. It's definitely a leak because I didn't know about it. I didn't see it on the toy blogs. I actually did just check uh, My Plastic Heart and Strange Cat Toys, and I see that they do have it up for pre-order now. So maybe maybe it is getting around. It's just maybe it'll hit the toy blogs this week when this releases. So um, being it's not the greatest image, let's not talk too much on it. Let's wait until there's an actual release and better photos and stuff to go off of. Yeah, I'm... Um, I'm always fond of Dunnies. I collect 8-inch Dunnies. So all the new leaks and all that stuff, they're always they're like, oh, okay. So the new series, I'm like, well, what's going to turn into a, an 8-inch out of that one? So that's where my... Is that something they're doing? Is they're trying to do they usually take one and make it a five inch or an eight inch? It seems like that's what they're doing lately. But I I mean I I don't work with Kid Robot. I don't know. They could be you haven't picked up on that trend? I've heard it mentioned, but I haven't paid close enough attention to know if it was reality or not. From what I've seen, every series they've done really since dating back almost to like the Ferals. They have they have been creating counterparts, so they have a mini series, and then usually a larger figure to accompany it. Oh, okay. And so, like you think about the Dark Harbor, like they created the Dark Harbor series, but they also created that larger standalone piece. Right. Like there, it always seems like they pick, and then like the the wild ones that just released, they're doing the eight inch. Which I apologize, last time I said five inch, um, but they're doing like the eight inch of Squinks Yeti. So for this one, I would, based on all the historic trends. I agree. I think they would probably one of these would probably end up being a larger figure. Which one do you think, Teresa or Kyle? It's got to be that. It's got to be that non-dunny one. <laughs> you think? <laughs> it might make a sweet plush. I don't know. Oh yeah, go plush. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I think it's hard. It's hard to say. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Well, so. we're being super vague and boring for the <laughs> listeners, so let's. <laughs> That's a that's a good one though. I, you know, nice bringing the real leak there, Kyle. Nice. Yeah. Before you before you move on to one of us, Kyle, you wanna you wanna leak your recent release, your uh, your last Willow. Is that a leak? I mean, I or I sure. guess sure. I Do mean, some self promotion. All right. Yeah, that my last Willow figure went on sale today, so it's up for pre order right now. And I'm, it's limited to 10. I'm only making what's ordered. So that's it. That's all I got. Man, short and simple. I will say it looks awesome. Gary, do you remember going at Decon uh, to their, their booth? I do. And how they had that willow with all the skulls sculpted all over it? Probably about over a 1,000 skulls. And didn't you say there was yes. several skulls of artists that you kind of hid in there? Something like that? There's a couple – yeah, there's a couple. Uh, there's a there's a Calaverita in there. I showed the Beast Brothers. Remember that? Uh, there's a couple of little ones. There's a lot of um, of my own characters. There's their skulls in there, like characters and creatures from my world of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff to find in there, which I, hopefully I put in there. It's cool. It's, I mean, it's extremely highly detailed. I don't know how you use. How long did that take you to sculpt all that? Do you think? Um, I mean, I sculpted it over like a number of months, but I don't like, I don't know the time I put into it. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure. Like, 
I knew I wanted to do, I wanted to end the Willow stuff, but I wasn't exactly sure which one I wanted, like how I wanted to go about it. So I just sort of sat around sculpting stuff until it like took form a little bit. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of like, there's there's probably a while of like playing around, but once it started to take shape, it was like. All definitely. right. You're going to have to throw on those headphones there, Kyle. That's Sarah's fault. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> We're recording, Sarah. Hey, I like the atmosphere noise. Someone's cleaning dishes or getting a dish. <laughs> One thing I've always well, cool, appreciated yeah. about your work, Kyle, is that you, you're not just spitting out different cutaways. Every time you do a willow or a bloom, it seems like you're doing new sculpted elements and making it a completely different figure. And I've always appreciated about, about that, your pieces. And this one's definitely falls in line with that. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, this one was, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to cast it. That's why um, it took a while for the pre-order. Like I wanted to make sure I could do it. But yeah, most of my stuff, I get bored doing the same thing over and over. So it's not, I think one of the benefits of resin is that like you can make a new sculpt and like make a new mold and get it out there pretty quick. Like you don't have to wait for anything. So why not? Why not like do new stuff all the time? If you have the ability to do, are you doing that from inside the camper? Uh, sometimes. I mean, I do most of the sculpting inside, uh, yeah, but sense. casting, casting is usually outside and like a table I set up. You pull but... off to the side of the road <laughs> on highway 405 and do some casting. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> cool. Well, everyone go check out the last willow. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the additional sneak peek. Who wants to go next? Teresa, you ready? Sure. Deliver. <laughs> Deliver. Um, the only thing I could think of, because I really haven't seen a whole lot, and I'm not going to share anything that you can't really get a hold of. So, um, you all know that I love Fluffy House. And um, so I think we talked about it a while back. They had their first mini series they launched. And they actually just released a second one. Uh, it, it is winter themed. And so it is um, all the different Fluffy House characters bundled up in like winter coats and making snowmen. And it's adorable, of course, as ever. But that just launched today. So um, if you're into Fluffy House and cute blind boxes, it's totally worth checking out. Where can you get it? Can you get it in local U.S. stores or do you have to buy it through FluffyHouse.com? So typically what happens is right now it's released specifically through Fluffy House's website. I will okay. tell you that shipping's really not too bad. Um, you can buy a full case, which will essentially get you a set, um, or you can buy individual blind boxes. Uh, but eventually other stores tend to get them. I know um, the first series, it didn't come over right away, but eventually other stores here picked it up. So I'd expect some stores who would get it. It might just be a bit. So if you love them and want them, um, you can go get them on Fluffy House now, or you can hang around or hit out some of your favorite stores and see if they're going to get some. Okay, cool. Georgie boy, what you bring? Um, all right. Well, first, just a quick note that uh, Toy Geeks is back this week uh, behind the counter, and I am the first guest of this new season. So <laughs> go check that out this week when it comes up on YouTube. Okay, I, find that, I think that's funny. I like that you're like the, you're the first guest of a show you used to be a part of. That's awesome. I got to tell you, Jessica loved that comment on the uh, <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was. Uh, so yeah, so that's. I'm no longer a host. Uh, I'm I'm a guest this time, and uh, there you go. So, but my real sneak peek and leak, uh, it's not really any of those, but uh, just to update, the Melty Misfits uh, Series 3 cards from uh, Buff Monster yeah. is on Kickstarter, raising funds to do Series 3. It's well-funded, and it's uh, it doesn't end till the end of February, so it's more just like, make sure you go and get them, okay. I guess, because there's going to be like exclusive stuff for Kickstarter, you know, exclusive things for Kickstarter backers. So if you're interested in the Melty Misfits uh, trading cards, they are like uh, Buff's uh, homage to Garbage Pail Kids, basically, with his ice cream characters instead of Garbage Pail Kids. He puts them in the same like scenes and things like that. But uh, yeah, they're awesome. Go check them out. Kickstarter, just type in Melty Misfit, it'll come up. Is that something you're collecting, George? Do you have all the, the other two series? Uh, I have series one and series two, but I don't have the alternate series that he puts out. The uh, He did one that was like... A, all the cards as if they were like made in Mexico. Um, oh, cool. And then there was like, I think there was another one, like all of them as if they were made in Japan. I think wow. I don't, I don't have those two alternate series, but I do have the series one and two. Does he do an uncut one sheet at all? Yeah. You can get that's part of the thing. You can mm-hmm. get that. Oh, nice. I have that from, I think series one somewhere. Series two. I don't remember, but it's pretty cool. They're really fun. They're like, as a Garbage Pail Kid fan, this is like, it really like strikes the right chord, you know? Yeah, totally. And there's, there's like a ton of them in the series too, right? It's like 60 or something. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't, let me see if I can find it real quick. I think it's like 40 or 60, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and then of course the A and B, uh, 40, mm-hmm. 40, 40 different, uh, art, 40 different pieces of art and then A and B of each one. Yeah, and so he just does all so the many. That, he he does all awesome. the things that used to happen naturally, like error cards and changing all the like the legal font at the bottom and like you know if it's got the copyright there or not. And he does all these like little secret things that like garbage pail kid collectors know about, but like most people didn't even know was happening. So he does all that stuff on purpose and puts it in the in the card series. So it's really fun. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's exactly how it should be too. Because if you're gonna do pop culture, you should be knowledgeable in what you're doing. Like, just don't jump on the bandwagon and just do a an Adventure Time print or toy because you think that's cool and it's gonna sell. Like, Buff knows what he's doing. He's just a fan of the product and he knows how to represent it the best he, you know to his ability. He's Buff. Buff Monster is a is an enormous a super fan. Yeah, he's like a super fan of Garbage Pail Kids. So like he ha- and his collection is insane like i sat and looked at it one day and it's just like he's got everything he's got he's got so much of everything and he knows all the things about where the car like this rare card is from this thing and this was the one thing it's been spotted there's like three of them and yeah like he knows everything about garbage book kids sweet so sarah, you can tell sarah, comes love. sarah what you doing back there i have headphones and she can't hear you anymore there's someone like someone like playing with bubble wrap or something Oh, I was drinking some water out of a bottle of water. How dare you! I didn't know you could, know you could hear that. You're so obnoxious with these sounds. It's okay to let us. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, listen, I'm just trying to listen, figure it out. You, you guys asked me to be here. This is just what you have to deal with. All right? <laughs> I just tried to prevent it so it doesn't go on the entire point. episode. If it happens occasionally, that's totally fine. Well, Notice Carlos yeah. isn't here anymore. <laughs> you yeah, you want me to him? be a hundred percent honest, Gary? I keep having to mute myself because I'm over here typing. Oh my god! <laughs> well, it could have been typing. <laughs> typing sounds a lot like a bottle clacking. I'm a noise Nazi, Kyle. I'm sorry. 
Um, okay, so I, I'll go next. So uh, my leak is actually, this. I think it was today it was announced that the Five Points Fest tickets are now available. The event has moved from Manhattan over to Brooklyn, and it's taking place at the Brooklyn Expo Center this year, and it's going to be Saturday, June 2nd, and Sunday, June 3rd. Uh, I'm assuming the Designer Toy Awards are still going to take place the Friday night before, but that has not been determined yet. Ticket prices are similar to what they were last year, so it's still going to be about $125 for the VIP pass, which gets you access to the Designer Toy Awards, uh, early access both days to the event, and an exclusive figure that has yet to be revealed. VIP passes are, if they're too spendy for you, then you can currently get um, what they're calling early bird tickets. It's going to be available to the first 100 people that make the purchase. A weekend pass goes for $35, a Saturday pass goes for $25, and a Sunday only pass goes for $20. All ticket sales are final, so if you're certain that you're absolutely going, go ahead and make the purchase. If not, maybe hold off because there's no refunds or cancellations. Man, so I'm I'm excited because I'm really hoping to go back again this year, but I'm also really bummed because, man, that VIP ticket is whew, rough on the wallet. Yeah, I mean, you did it last year. So how did you find the value in the VIP pass last year? Well, I and the thing is, the other thing that sucked, and so I don't know if they've changed it this year, but last year it wasn't just 125. There were all these built-in fees, so I think it ended up being 140 after all was said and done. Oh, like convenience fee and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like when you when you buy for decon, you tend to just pay the price it's listed. But for some reason, for five points, there was a bunch of layers of fees and stuff. So like they say 125, but last year I recall it being around 140. So, sure. I, I mean, I did it last year, and I mean that one extra hour allowed me to get stuff that I'm not sure I would have been able to get. So it's it's hard. It's a tough choice. Yeah, I think that's the big draw with that VIP is that extra hour for all the people coming. Right. Like, like the other stuff, like, like you, I think you can like the after party and the GTA. You know, like I think people are happy that those things are going on, but the real draw and what people are are getting is that extra hour to get exclusives and stuff. Yeah. Because right. so many so many things sold out like in that first hour, they were just gone. Right, and that's that that's right there is a dilemma as a collector. And mm-hmm. who who likes to get the things thereafter, but you end up paying, you know, a hundred, almost a you know, hundred fifty bucks if it's the same as last year with fees, to be able to just have the ability to buy stuff. Whereas a mm-hmm. hundred fifty bucks is a lot of money. You could buy some good toys with that. So it's it's a balance. It's a it's a tough choice. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to think on it. I know I'm crazy. So me being the crazy person I am, I might just suck it up and go for it again. But yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's 90 bucks extra if you want early access, access to the, to the DTAs. And I'm going to assume maybe the um, after party is going to be included in that as well. I'm not sure. But then you get the exclusive figure. We don't know what it is yet, but, you know, maybe it's maybe it'd be cool. Well, like you did yeah. that, like like you were talking about last year, like if you break those things down into like what their cost separately sort of would be, it doesn't seem as crazy. Like it's not. Right. It's not such a huge kick in the nuts as it is just to be like, oh, just for this one extra hour. So it sort of makes sense. I mean, I knew people last year that like flipped Gary's Dunny for like 300 bucks. So Are you serious? Yeah. Whew. Yep. Pay, you got to pay for that VIP pass, Teresa. That's right. I know. I'm not that person, though. I still have your Dunny. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you make a good point. There's there's a lot bundled with it. So, it, I mean, definitely and a solid 
reason for, yeah. for bumping it up. It's just. And I know, I know Josh Miranda too. And I know that they do their best to, cause they know they're not, they know that, that that's a chunk of change. So they do like everything they can to make that, that VIP ticket like extra special. Yeah. Well, and I know too that Pasadena versus New York are very different locations. And just from even talking to, uh, you know, Josh and Miranda that the, you know, the, that's part of the reason why they moved to Brooklyn this year is just because getting the space they had was just so ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's that aspect to it as well. Um, so I totally get it. It's just a little bit of a sticker shock again, but yep. you know, I'm a crazy collector. Goodness knows I'll probably just go for it. <laughs> yep. George being a decon guy, how do you feel about the ticket prices of uh, five points? Ticket, ticket prices are hard because I understand usually why why they are where they are, but also like that's the part of that's the charm of decon is that like they don't you know jack up the price just to make more money. They try and keep it as low as they can to make sure that you have money when you go inside to spend. Yeah, and it's, everyone definitely appreciates that. I think what we're saying is like the five points VIP pass. It's like an all encompassing bundle pass. It's the designer toy awards. It's the early access. It's the after party, and I feel like. Does everyone want that? Like, if you don't attend the after party or the designer toy awards, you're sort of missing the benefit of that, and in a way, you're sort of losing money on that VIP pass. I think it's almost. Would it be better to? Is it better to like have to pay for all that sort of stuff separately and just attend only what you want to? Because I feel like the 125 is is probably less about the actual event, but more helping to help fund for the uh, designer toy awards and the after party and the exclusive figure and all that sort of stuff. I mean, is that? Is that something that people want? Do you? I mean, I don't know. Do you want to spend money to go to the award show? I guess like if they just sold tickets to the award show, would people buy them? I don't know. I think so. I mean, I would. I would go. I love it. I love the DTAs. I, I don't know. It's a hard one. I think as a collector. So like last year, I went because it was part of my ticket. But going to Five Points was. I was by myself and still didn't really know a whole lot of people. So DTAs were kind of weird for me and the venue made it even more difficult because it was just so loud and dark. So if they set up the, you know, the venue a little bit better, so it's easier to kind of mix and mingle maybe, but I don't know if I would have made that decision to get that ticket if it wasn't given to me, because I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable enough to go by myself. Didn't you make a bunch of friends there and like meet people? Well, yeah, Mr. Gary Ham. Yeah. Wasn't that so like, isn't that priceless? <laughs> of course, you got yeah. No, I mean, podcast out of it. <laughs> exactly. If I, I mean, if I hadn't gone and I hadn't talked to Gary and we hung out, I don't know if I'd be right here right now talking. So yeah, I mean, it was totally worth it. But I know myself. I'm. I. I may sound super social here, but I'm super antisocial in real life. I'm actually <laughs> introverted, and so uh, in those situations, I normally like, what am I doing here? Why did I come? I'm gonna go sit awkwardly over in the corner. <laughs> That's well, I'm not the wrong person to ask about this because I I'm not the guy that wants to go to those things at all. So all I can say is, if I do VIP, I will let you all know, and if anyone <laughs> wants to go and have someone to talk to, they can find me, and I'll talk to anyone. So they You're don't have to stand. <laughs> they don't have to be like I would normally be, hide in a corner and. <laughs> 
I say we get on to some RV questions. Let's do it. <laughs> Wait, before the, before we do that, let's pay the bills. So we're going to mention some of our sponsors. So for all your designer toy needs, wants, and desires, we got two amazing stores for you, 3DRetro.com. And 3D Retro also has a beautiful brick-and-mortar location out there in Southern California. If you're in the area, be sure to check it out. Um, StrangeCatToys.com. Be sure to use promo code DOPE at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off your entire order. So if you want to order, actually, if you want to pre-order the uh, the Dunning Cryptid series that we're talking about, you'll receive 10% off that case. Um, otherwise, we have two awesome designer toy blogs, so for all your news and information, be sure to check them out, spankystokes.com and thetoychronicle.com. And the Toy Chronicle has a pretty awesome, easy-to-use application, um, so download that at the Google Play Store or the Android App Store. All right, George, let's get back to your RV questions. What you got for Kyle? So at the, at the beginning, Gary said that you were parked outside of Five Points last time. Yeah. Did you Were you allowed to like just park there for the weekend like and stay there and like live in it? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we like, slept, and that was your booth too? We slept at, yeah, we slept at Five Points. That was our booth, yeah. Everything. We That's came back cool. after the convention closed and it was, yeah. See, we did, I mean, you know we did the same thing at Decon. Twice, I did. I yeah, we've done. That. Yeah, we've done like two years in a row. When you like came and said hi to us, like right outside the like the RV was like ten feet away. We were like down in the loading dock area. We just slept down there. <laughs> Are awesome. you serious? That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. No, I had no idea. Yep. Now, how did you do uh, it with five points? Because I know the outdoor area was surrounded by chain link fence and everything. The, the security and everything. They were aware of you. You were staying there, so I'm sure they would just let you in and out as you needed to go. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked to Josh about it, like Josh and Miranda about it, like prior to showing up. They knew what was happening. They like pitched it to everybody as a, it was like a, an, like an art project. So we were like performance art back there. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. Funny. And the, yeah, the security, I mean, I don't want to be like, oh, your guys' stuff was completely unsafe. But like we walked up and like the security guy, I hope I don't get me in trouble. I don't think they're listening. But like the security guy was like totally like, boning his girlfriend and we walked right by him like they were just stuck in their car like not paying any attention <laughs> at all that's good we're like we're like cool see you later man we just like walked through like we're like amazing yeah that's what yeah, you that get for a... union right there <laughs> yeah not a didn't stop us at all i actually have another question so you're you have this release going on right now uh-huh how do you how do you do all the stuff like when you get orders and you're online but you're mobile where are you keeping all this stuff? Is it just like in the back of the RV? And then what do you just roll up to a post office one day and like drop everything off? Or how do you ship? And like, how do you, how do you manage all that part of the business where you have to like ship and pack boxes in a mobile RV? Um, well, it was one of the reasons I think I went to pre-ordering stuff. Like I, I kind of personally hate pre-orders, but I pre-order so that I know how many to make. So I don't make like extraneous pieces and just like carry them around with me. So for the most part, I know what I'm getting into before a release is happening. I'm like, all right, I got to make like nine of these or I got to make like 15 of these pieces. And then I'll like make sure everything else is sort of like, I have like room for pieces. Cause we have, I mean, it's like a class C RV. So it has um, like the, the loft area above the, the cab, above like the driving thing. So we use that for like a lot of storage. So like works in progress, sort of just live up there on a nice cushion while they're being painted and cleaned and worked on. And then I have boxes underneath something else over there, and we just I have a big, huge bag of packing foam and 
bubble wrap and we just drive up to an RV or drive up to a post office. We, we got to figure out which post office has a big enough parking lot. That's always a big thing. <laughs> All the ones I can think of have small parking lots. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. got I've made that mistake before. Uh, it's not a mistake. That's not a situation you want to find yourself in to be like <laughs> in like a two car parking lot with a 24 foot RV, like trying to navigate out of that. That's a nightmare. Now let's talk about, can you display toys in an RV? Um, I have a little shelf that I built that's attached to the wall. And I have a few things like I don't, we don't, like I said before, we don't have a whole lot of stuff. Like we really, really limit anything that comes in the RV. Usually it's like if something comes in, something goes out. But one of the first things that we did when we were traveling around is we went to like all the different toy stores that we could find. Like we went to like Suburban Vinyl before they closed. We went to like Clutter. You know, we didn't want to just walk in and be like, hey, guess what? We're going to sit and talk to you for a while. So we like tended to buy some stuff and then we would do convention. So we'd buy a little thing here and there. So we have a bunch of like little things. So they fit on like a couple shelves that I built, like really, really small stuff. So, but we, we tend not to have too much stuff. So do you like screw things down or do you use like earthquake gel or something? Yeah. We have um museum putty, museum, museum gel. Putty? Okay. Yeah. Stuff is amazing. Anybody that has a collection, go buy that on Amazon right now. Cause... Now, which one, is there a specific type to buy, Kyle? Because I know people always worry about like staining. There's no staining concern. Um, I don't think so. We have clear gel and it works great. I've, I mean, I've used it on tons of stuff and it doesn't leave anything. Cool. There's like a little spot that wipes away. Who cares? Uh, it stains the bottom of your toy. Who cares about the bottom of the toy? I would totally I care. do. I would be so upset. I... You guys are weird. It matters. Yeah, yeah I'm, a no. weird, I'm like a weirdo. No one sees the bottom of the toy except for you. Yeah, that's yeah. all I care about. <laughs> yeah. It's got to look from, good from all angles. But I was going to ask, you were talking about mailing stuff. What do you use as a return address? Um, we usually use Sarah's mom's uh, apartment in New York. Okay. Yeah. Or if we're like somewhere, like if I'm sending it to like, like sending a piece to like, like if I was sending something to George, I'd said, I'd use like my mom's address in California. So that it was like closer. So like if my mom had to take it to the post office or something, it, would, it wouldn't be as much to send it. Interesting. Okay. I was just curious if you all had like a, it'd be funny if your RV had a, a, a rolling address somehow. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people do that. They have like, um, they have like a post office box in like North Dakota or something that is their address. They do that for like tax, ev- like tax evasion purposes and things, but we just kept most of our old New York stuff. So how many states have you guys visited? Um, we have been to 48 out of 50 states, 47 out of 50 states. So I'm assuming uh, not Hawaii and not Alaska. Yep. Those two are off the, off of our availability. We have also skipped Kansas, regrettably, a number of times. How do you I skip no, Kansas? It's dead center of the country. I know. And I think that's the reason why is because we've like, we've gone high, we've gone low, but like, we've never like just cut through we were like 13 miles away from kansas one time in like <laughs> oklahoma i was like should we do this should we just drive across it off the list yeah just across it off the list i was like no we gotta we gotta get somewhere oh man so yeah in due time yeah i think i mean i so another announcement uh we'll sneak back to sneaks and leaks peaks stuff is uh we are in the fall ending the rv driving so i don't know that we're gonna make kansas honestly 
I think we were like, we might have to like take a trip. Like our honeymoon might be to Kansas. <laughs> you gotta just Don't do that. You gotta, you gotta do a toy release from Kansas. You gotta release the last little like bloom, the Kansas bloom, and just release it there. Like go there with a box of them and mail it from Kansas post office. I like it. Right. A tornado bloom. Sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, red slippers, maybe. See now you guys oh, are making. Yeah. Now I'm gonna make this. Now where are you gonna make home base then? If you're giving up the uh, the camper, we so we knew pretty early that we had like a short list of places that we wanted to go, but we want so we had like a few like goals in mind when we set out on our trip, uh, and one of them was to find somewhere else to live because we were we we're both in Bushwick, Brooklyn. The neighborhood was sort of changing around us. Like prices was just getting ridiculous so we knew we wanted to go somewhere else we just didn't have any idea where that was but we had like a, a few ideas so we like went to visit those places and stuff but one of our shortlist places was beacon we really like beacon it's like north of the city it's near sarah's mom like it's near her family so we're like all right we're gonna go check that out more and we really really like it up there and then like plus there's a whole bunch of like designer toy stuff happening up there so yeah. for the foreseeable future it's gonna be beacon we're like, all right, we really like it. Nice. No, I I actually have been there because I was in New York for a work conference, and I had the ability to use part of my trip to get up there and check out Dreamin' Plastic and uh, Clutter. It's, it's a super cute little area. So that sounds fun. Well, it's exciting. Are you all excited to kind of uh, – are you going to miss, do you think, traveling, or do you think you'll enjoy kind of settling back in somewhere? I mean, I'm sure it's going to be bittersweet. Like, like if we, I think in other circumstances, we would like love to keep traveling. It's really amazing. But, you know, also from where we are in life right now, I think we just need to be settled in a place to work and to have other, um, like, I really need like a bigger studio. I know we're like talking about like, oh, it's amazing. You do all this stuff out of the RV. Like, it's really cool. Like, I'm glad I can do most of it. But there's like severe limitations on things. Like we don't have electricity all of the time. Like so I can't just like turn on the heat gun and do anything. And we're like subjected to weather. So if it's raining and I'm trying to cast resin, like releases just get pushed back or like I'm like over deadlines. I'm really happy to like not deal with that. So that's gonna be exciting. But I'm also like really sort of bummed because I love traveling. Like it's amazing to like just drive down the road and see what's in the next town. Uh, that's gonna be yeah. hard to not happen. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Through all your travels, did you find that there's one city that's maybe – is there one that you would declare is the capital of designer toys? Um, no, I don't I don't think so. There's definitely hubs. Like, I mean, I, people are going to get mad if I say New York, but there's a few – like, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff going on in New York. There's a bunch of artists. The same thing with L.A. L.A. is just kind of spread out. Yeah. So it's hard to be like, oh, L.A., because you get in, like, suburbs and you get all around – there was a lot of people live out there, so no. There's, is it there's primarily no New York and L.A., and then you got you know Chicago and I guess a little bit of Ohio, but outside of that is, I mean, when you're driving through Nevada and Idaho, is there any presence in any other states other than the ones I just mentioned? Um, so there's weird elements. Like I've seen a bunch of kid robot shirts around, which is really funny to like walk in a mall and you're like, hey, you just like – shouting somebody you're like hey kid robot and they're like dude get up get away from me you're like, no, no it's weird we're in like tennessee and you have a kid robot shirt um 
But there's a lot of like, I know people talk about like, oh, designer toys are dying and it's going away. But the whole idea of like, I think what got like, like blind boxes and, you know, collectability has spread to like Walmarts and Targets. And they're, so they're sort of everywhere. Mm-hmm. We've been in we've been in South Dakota, like the Black Hills of South Dakota, at like a truck stop, and there's been pop vinyl, which I know is like people are like, oh, it's not so designer toy, but it's definitely like in the realm. Like it's not the same game, but it's you know played in the same ballpark. It's still collectability, yeah. Yeah, so it's sort of I'm not gonna say it's sort of everywhere, but like there's traces all around now. Like there's no there's not as many. I mean, maybe there's there's some. I'm sure there's a bunch of places that we missed. But there's, you know, there's a lot of like, like comic stores will have blind boxes. A lot of like small little curio shops will have like kid robot stuff or pop vinyls or, you know, the different like um, the action vinyl things and things like that. So they're, they're, they're around a lot more than I thought when we started out. And maybe, maybe because we've been doing this for like almost three years now. So maybe that's just what happened is that like they've been spreading as we've been moving too. Have you hit all the stores that you know of? Uh, definitely all the big ones that we know of. There's a couple – I'm for, going to forget the names that we've had to pass or like – because, you know, 100 miles is too far for us to like drive off course. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, you know, we have to come back. But we've definitely been to Roto Fuji, Clutter, 3D Retro, Stranger Factory, Lulabelle, a, you know, a bunch. Okay. I feel like I'm going to throw up right now. I know. And it's not because <laughs> of you, Carl. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding it down. I didn't <clears throat> I'm like I'm getting all hot and clammy. <laughs> Gary, please don't pass out on I'm, us. I'm peeking people right here on the show. The show exclusive. <laughs> Gary's about this to throw up. This is going to be the first Toyota that's actually an hour because Gary's going to die. When I do throw up, <laughs> do you want me to leave the mic on or off? On. Gary, off. <laughs> no. As long as you don't say lung butter, I'm fine with anything lung that happens. Butter. You know, I didn't coin that term. A lot of people think I coined that term. I, no, that's – I've been it's here – It's disgusting. It's, like it's literally the worst thing I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> I, hate, I hate you for saying it. I was like, I'm not a fan anymore. Where did you hear that? It's who, a term. You can look it up. There's memes of lung butter. It's not it's, – it's out there. I'm going to be brave and Google lung butter right now. Oh, That's gross. the stupidest thing you've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, I should not have done this. Yeah, don't do that. All right. Well, I did, so. <laughs> yeah, Can't undo it. disgusting. Uh, what are these yeah, you... eggs? I want those. Wait, what are yeah. you? Are you looking at lung butter, too? No, he's looking at my waffle. And yeah, Gary, that that's why I've been typing, because I've secretly been oh my God. waffles. Teresa, <laughs> we're going to get you on the to... Dear My Sham couch again, because you're waffling. Teresa, we're not supposed to talk about it anymore. Yeah, we're not oh, allowed we're to not. Ta- I don't think we're allowed to talk about yeah. it anymore. We're not. Well, I would have just bought those from you. Those are cool. I'm they, sorry, George. They've gone secret group. They're off the grid now. I forgot. The first what, rule is what's not gone talk secret about group. <laughs> Way to give Kyle your undivided attention. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I have a problem, but I really need And you're the doing money. it during the show. I, that's a problem. No, I didn't <laughs> post it. I can't control when it went live. It got approved. And I got to. <laughs> you could wait. You could wait. <sighs> I'm no, sorry. Really, 
It really can't. Like on that group, it's crazy. You gotta stay with it. But like, yeah, no, they're like, ten minutes away. Can you guys settle a dispute that um, Teresa and I had this week? No. Yep. We need we need some judges on this one. Um, would you guys? Uh, maybe I'm I have very, to. Maybe, I'm very good at judging. Maybe so you, know. you got to give background. If okay, maybe do I need. I okay, maybe I need some background. Okay, well, here it is. So, you guys know. You guys know all the the dumb things I say and do on the show. So I guess frustrated. What are you you talking about? Just, just Gary brain in general. I say stupid things. I mumble. Okay. No, wait, wait, wait. I don't say things correctly. I don't don't follow. Can I give an example? Give an example. Not that there haven't, not that there haven't been plenty of, of examples throughout all of our episodes, but like, okay. So I'll tell the story and you can cut it if you don't want to share. But Gary had a Gary brain moment because he had put something up in this secret group we do not say about to sell. And when he went to ship it to the person, he actually had like he had two of each item, one to keep in his collection and one that he sold. But when he packaged them, he put two of the same figure in the box. So he <laughs> mailed the wrong thing to this guy. And now has to figure out a way to get the repeat back to him so that he can remail what he was supposed to mail. And at the end of it all, he probably is only going to break even because of all the shipping back and forth <laughs> he's going to have to pay for. This is true. So th- there's so- a, an example of a Gary brain moment. And now the other one is Teresa Logic. Teresa will go on this group that's not to be named and she'll gamble $60 on a toy. But... I'll get an IM while she's at work. She's like, Gary, I'm so hungry. I'm starving. And I'm like, don't they have a vending machine there? And she's like, yeah, but the candy bars are a dollar. So that, log- <laughs> that logic makes no sense to me. So would you guys, the, our dispute is, what would people rather have? Would you rather have Gary Brain or Teresa Logic? Do we have to have one of those? Yeah, you yeah. have to. <laughs> this is Sophie's choice. <laughs> How is this settling a dispute? Because we're actually just, we actually don't know which is What's worse. What's the dispute here? Is one is, is one which worse is worse? Another? Can't they just be Gary. equally bad? Like differently, equally bad? No. <laughs> yes. We need a I winner. Guess we can... Oh gosh, <laughs> so Gary, we have to, I... to compete to the bottom. I I get that my logic doesn't make sense sometimes, but I obviously would rather have my brain than yours because it's mine. So. <laughs> Yeah, and she can't buy that candy bar because she's broke from spending all the money on other things. <laughs> I think this might be our first fight, actually. Uh, I'm glad I could no, be here we for already... this. Oh, do you want to share our first fight, our real first fight, Gary? It kind of feels like it kind of feels like Dad just hit Mom across the dinner table, and we're all just uh, <laughs> sitting here quietly. No you one remind me now. I don't remember the first fight, Teresa. We just had it. You have Gary brain right now. I do, George. Kyle, don't bring us into Gary. This. Gary pressed a button recently because I won my very first waffle oh. and I was super excited. You only won one. I, my only one, and I won it recently. And of course, I was super excited because I finally won, and it was cute. And I reached out to Gary to say, "Hey, guess what? I won." And he poo pooed all over it and basically like- called my toy ugly. No, I didn't call it ugly. Oh, my God. I didn't call it ugly. <laughs> she She's in a photo of it, and I know there was two of them. There was a, there, I don't even remember what the figure was, but one was a nice colorway, and the other one was like this burnt marshmallow colorway. It was, it was, I didn't really like it. And so 
she sent me the picture and I said, congratulations, question mark. And she was not happy about that. She, a, why? Why? Let's talk about this. What? Why do you feel the need that you have to have Gary like the toys that you purchase in order to feel validated for your purchase? He doesn't have to like them, but he did not have to bash it. I did, all I he said, had to do was all say, Gary, I said was Gary, congratulations, Gary, hear, question mark. Do you hear the words you're you, saying? That you're not respecting her opinions and that <laughs> she doesn't feel like you value her as a person. Yeah. Because... Are we in therapy now? I, I have to start saying, I, I feel that I was being Gary, sarcastic. Gary, are, you holding, are you holding the me time teddy bear before you're talking? No, I don't know how holding the me time teddy bear. <laughs> Does Teresa still have the me time teddy bear? Is she holding it right now? Who's, who has the me time teddy bear? Teresa does. Okay. So it's Teresa's turn to talk. Okay. This is what we got to work on interrupting. Gotcha. <laughs> this is going to be the worst episode to edit. <laughs> I'm not going to edit it. I'm going to I don't think I'm going to be healthy enough. I'm just going to put it out there. Let people, let people, know let people decide. Just let people decide whether it's worth the 8 hours I spend editing. If they I like can tell if, you right now it's they, worth it. If they like this. I know. Exactly, George. I'm sitting here thinking you should better edit this darn thing. <laughs> oh man. But no, so oh, I said what? congratulations oh. question mark. I had the teddy bear now, Teresa. And I got slammed. <laughs> I got slammed with like five angry text stickers. So I knew she was upset. Teresa, she would never dig into the angry stickers. Like that's that means business when she does that. Well, what's the what's the name of the piece that you got? It's it's it was from Unbox Industries. It's a figure called Horn. It's like okay. a little rhino guy. But it's fine if you don't like it. I was just all excited and was sharing my excitement, and you literally like killed it. So I didn't even tell you like it came in the mail, and I didn't even share with it with you because I'm not sharing anything with you anymore because you're just gonna make me all sad. <laughs> so um, I'm sorry. I'm an <laughs> insensitive jerk. That's what I am. My wife tells me that all the time. I mean, come on. Imagine if you were really excited for something and I was just like, all right, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, you (laughs) killed it. it. The toasted marshmallow one. I see it. Yeah. It's a cute. Yeah, it's it's definitely ugly. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I don't know why you wasted your time on this. (laughs) Gary's totally right. (laughs) Kyle, I don't think as a good therapist, you're not supposed to pick sides, though. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, I didn't know I was going to ruin your your fun. I thought I was making a crack, a good sarcasm. That's the problem is I've ruined actually several good relationships because of my written word sarcasm. And um, I'm feeling, yeah, I'm starting to learn like when you get upset and all that sort of stuff. So I'm learning. I'm I'm catching on. I'm just going to start. George, I'm going to start talking to you now. Gary's no fun anymore. So you guys Um, all out like five minutes ago. (laughs) George, George just wants to talk toys. George, what do you want to talk about? What are we doing? (sighs) I'm sorry, Kyle. Why? I don't know. This is you realize I listen to the show all the time, right? This is (laughs) just like this show. This is great. Yeah, but you don't hear this stuff. Usually we talk about I don't know. I don't know why you You. think this is this is exactly what the show is. (laughs) So this is this is no different than the regular show. Gary, Gary, have you listened to this show before? I only do the editing, so yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you're our guest. It's supposed to be all about you. It is. Focus We've on talked. Kyle. 
Yeah, but I'm yes. making awesome jokes. Like, I'm coming across as really charming. This is fine for me. <laughs> Someone's full of himself I'm tonight. Such a, I'm such a, I look like such a good guy right now. This is amazing. <laughs> no one's going to be like, God, that guy's such an asshole. So my ruse so, is working perfectly. Yeah, so, so you think, Mr. Charming. Well, so let's get back to you then. Um, so we talked about you living out of a camper. Is that your pri- like sculpting and selling your works? Is that your primary source of income at the moment? Or do you do odd jobs and stuff? Yeah, I mean, we do odd jobs and things that like the jobs that we can get, like if we're like somewhere. But those are few and far between. It's it's pretty much primarily making and selling art. Yeah, I mean, we live like I don't want anybody to be like, oh, let's look at fucking Mister Moneybags over here. Like we live really like inexpensively, so like you'd be really really surprised how cheap you can live on the road. <laughs> Gas is expensive though, no. Not in Arizona, man. You got it made. Yeah, we do. We do. It's unreal. How much is gas there? It's like two forty. Oh, a, it's that's a joke. low. I was... Well, I asked George. Like, George, what is gas right now? Uh, I just paid three fifty on the way home, and that was cheaper than last week. Jesus. Yeah, oh. yeah it's brutal. Imagine having a forty-gallon tank. Well, you should come I here. Two forty is like is like high for us. Good yeah, this is this is pretty much my like that's one of the biggest topics of my life is like I'm not, 240 for gas like what do you pay what are you paying for gas over there i talk about gas way more than like <laughs> it's socially acceptable at least it's gasoline but we're not a gas podcast little i mean it could be we really could just pull some strings and like switch up some formats yeah, <laughs> yeah let's just talk gas i mean do you remember when gas used to be under a dollar i do actually yeah I remember it Those hit 97 days. cents in Orange County one time, and I was ecstatic. What? <laughs> the, fixer, the fixer is here, so <laughs> Jessica's home. Oh, the comedian's Wait. home. <laughs> Finally. Finally. I want to award a March Hammy to Gary Ham for the best comment, backhanded diss. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> It made me laugh for at least a good 20 minutes. And I thought about it on my walk home. I love that George had no clue. That was the best part. <laughs> uh, I like that they wrote back with just like teary-eyed face. Like, no, it was to you. <laughs> huh. um, oh, and I have a new segment I want to pitch. Okay. <laughs> it's called Tea Time with Jess. And uh, it's where I get to talk about all the drama gossip in to the toys scene is like, there is there's no drama in toys jess gary everyone loves each other holding hands skipping through every convention in town got into like a weird weird nerd fight at designer con i'm gonna talk about I'm going to talk about it all. It's going to be super. I think it's going to be a fun little segment. And then I want to sign off with, with, uh, but that's none of my business though. <laughs> it's, it's funnier when you see the face she makes. You can't see it in the podcast, but the face is the best. <laughs> Your segment sounds like it's going to be down and dirty and tea time with Jess sounds a little too polite. <laughs> I want it to be if I was like some old Southern grandma, like, and then he said, but she said, but nobody. I, like it. Knows. I actually like this. I like the. But that's Wait. not my business, though. 
Don't you all know? Aren't you all like hip enough to know what T means yeah. slang wise? No. Like Gary and George, do you all understand that there's a play on words going on with her name? I don't. T. Told you what it is. I mean, I know because she told me, but I wouldn't have known. So T is like. I don't know how to be explain it the right it's way. Like the goods, like tell me what's yeah. new, tell me what's hot, tell me like the gossip, what you got. Yeah, there. you guys, are, you guys tea. are just making this up. That's not a no, real thing. No, no, it's a thing. Like, what's the tea, honey? Yeah, no, that's haven't not real. Seen, that's not haven't real. You seen, haven't you seen that meme with Kermit sipping tea? Yeah, that's gonna yeah. be me. Except it's gonna be like more Miss Piggy than Kermit. Yeah, that's what Thanks she's doing. She's bringing the tea. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't make tea a slang. You're not gonna be like, hey, give me all the tea. Yeah, Who that's what they say. Sarah's, Sarah's nodding vigorously right now. That's as what if they this say. Is when you come in and someone goes, Ooh, uh, or is like, What's the tea girl? Like that's like a oh, what's the gossip? Yeah. Uh, this is this like, is the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah, this is this is the girl thing. At? All the girls seem to know about it, but none of the guys did. Sarah Sarah just said, Yeah, tea gets spilled. As if, like, she says it every day of her life. As if she's, like, <laughs> she's, like, just been at the office, and she's, like, oh, my God. Do you know what Jessica just told me? The tea. She spilled the tea to me. Like, didn't even miss a beat. And I'm, like, no. I literally think that you guys have, like, set this whole thing up. <laughs> this whole thing for, like, a week just you're, to punk me right now. Us. You're right. I just got home, but I was texting all the way here, like, let's make tea a thing. <laughs> oh, see. I don't think I think it's long. I think it's been like a week in my head. I'm like, oh, they've been planning this all along. Ever since they were like, screw you, Kyle. Last week, they're like, how else can we get him? What can we do? <laughs> Jess, I, I, it's a funny idea, but I don't know if that we should do it. You're you're joking, right? Can yes. I do, do that like, I feel like there's not much drama. It's not like Kano's doing his bit. <laughs> yeah, she'll yo. do it once, just like Kano did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought Kano's thing was just um, like ripping it, just like being mean to people or just being mean about your show from like the week before, like the things you did wrong. Wasn't that a thing? I don't remember it, to be honest with you. Yo, 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 it's your boy Kano. <laughs> I vaguely I remember. Set, I'm going to set up an email so people could email me drama. Not, no, not, not a no. thing. I feel like these are famous okay. last words. It's gonna be. It's gonna be through the the vine. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. But can I, well, wait. But like, can I can I talk shit about Toy Geeks? Yeah, I don't care. Okay, cool. They don't, he's, they not, don't. he's just a guest on the show. <laughs> none, none of them listen to this. It's fun. <laughs> you- Jess, I'll talk. I'll talk tea with you. It has to be a ladies only segment. You know. I feel like there's always somebody who's copying someone's style or something this, and they're calling them out on social media. And then just, I feel like there's always something. Oh. Gary, you, like, love, you, you guys, love the dirt. Are you kidding me? I love the dirt, but I don't want to. I don't want to be the one to bring it up because I don't know what's true. <laughs> I I hear a lot. I hear a lot of things. But that's why it's tea time. He said, right. she said, kind of thing. Exactly. And then I, you I don't make know. it like it's like a roundup, like. Well, I heard from a source who heard it from his girlfriend, who heard it from. <laughs> I always tell George, like, you guys have the most sensitive scene in the whole world. Like, <laughs> I sneeze and I offended somebody. It wasn't well, enough. 
Yeah, but again, I with the podcast, I, I don't want. I think I like hearing that stuff off the air, but we can't we can't put it over the air. It's like, yeah, there is a lot of like drama and stuff True. brought up on social media that shouldn't be there. And but like, can't we all get along? No. Excuse me. Yeah, and behind everyone's back, everyone hates everybody else. So even if they pretend to like them, but we're not supposed to let the collectors know that. Hey, collectors! Everybody hates everybody. I they think that would be no, no one, no one's happy. Everyone's mad about this and mad about that. And she said this and he said that. I'm like, man, why can't we all be happy? It's just toys. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why this scene can't grow because it's too short lived. Everybody that's in it realizes everything sucks and they leave. And then the next batch comes in and they're like, we're going to make this place the best. And then, and then they're like, the, what's that Martian toys guy? Where he's like, I'm going to change the game. This is what no one's done before. And it's like, yeah, we all did that 10 years ago. No, no one did it like me, and it's like, and then like two years later, he's like, "Man, this sucks." I see why no one did it like that. It's like, yeah, remember when we told you in the beginning we did that ten years ago? Hmm. We did. We just weren't there. Yeah, but this isn't. It's it's not not unique. I'm not full of once in a while, but I don't know. That's nothing about me. (laughs) You really butchered the line, George. That's none of my business, though. (laughs) I feel like all my drama is going to include George. Like he's just going to be mad at somebody. Probably. Yeah, that makes that makes good podcasting though. <laughs> Everyone loves when George goes off on rants. He's the star of the show. It's very easy to get me to do it too. See, I don't. Is right. it that way they don't know. I so think you're all talk, Jess. I don't think this segment's ever going to happen. I don't think so either. But I like the idea of it. Yeah, so I talked about it for so long. She really wants it to happen. <laughs> I want it to happen. I'm on board. I vote for it. I just want to make the face at the end of the segment and have like a teacup. And it's like, it's like a little squinty face. It's really, it's adorable. Trust me. I would have talked shit for five minutes and then make an adorable face. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. Why <laughs> George wants to marry me. <laughs> so what was the, okay, what was the latest shit show that we saw in social media? Was it the Kronk bringing up that he hated the fact that the Toy Chronicle leaked one of his vectors for a July release? That's the I last one so. I can think of. As an artist, Kyle, does that bother you? Does it bother me that they got leaked? Or yeah, yeah, how, do you, how, how do you feel about it? Do you think, I mean, do you understand where Kronk is coming from? Because he, so, pre- he was pretty pissed about it. He was so like, I'm going to sound like I'm being like, like, I'm like being political and stuff, but I can really understand both sides of it. Like, yeah. I can understand being like, oh, fuck, I wasn't ready for that to come out. Like, that's not my final thing. But, like, I think – and Kronk said it. Like, he, like, came through and said something that he was, like, you know, I just got angry and I let that – he was, like, I let me – I let that, like, influence me. Because I, I would probably do the same thing. I'd probably, like, stupid mother – and just, like, rant and rave for a while and then be, like, oh, I'm an asshole. But, like, I can certainly see being upset that something went out before you wanted it to. Like, I think of it like, like a sketchbook, right? Like, you hate – like, when – people want sketches from you and stuff because you don't get to edit it. You don't get to like, it's not the product you really want to put out and someone's going to like look at it and see it all the time. Okay. Yeah. Like, so if that came out and like someone like put like a, like a sketch out and it was like, Oh, this is, this is a piece of Gary hands. And you're like, yeah, but I fucking hate that. Like it's not finished. It's not what I wanted to be. I don't want that to represent me. I can see that. But the other side, you have to be like, well, yeah, but this is a product that's coming out. Like, you know, it's going through these, multiple channels that someone's you know got to pre-order it someone's got to approve it just 
understand that it's not a final product and be okay with it. Like yeah. it's not the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, the, I the, think where where I saw it was. I mean, I understand his frustration with it, but I think you can only be frustrated with what you can control. Like when yeah. I'm self-producing something, I have full control of when releases go out. When you're working with a company like Kid Robot or any other company, that's up to them. And if they have to send sales sheets off to to retailers and stuff ahead of time, they're responsible for controlling what gets out. I feel like I don't know. I just felt like. Kronk was really directing his hatred towards the Toy Chronicle and the blogs in general, and not enough blame on how the information got leaked in the first place. Like, he's, yeah. he seems upset for, I don't know, I mean, I get, it just didn't seem valid to me. No, I think, I mean, I think that that holds water. I think, I think you're, you're spot on. I think, you know, there's ways, there's ways you can prevent leaks if you don't really want i don't even think it was a leak right like it's not watermarked the images went out it wasn't like do not show like gary's not like he doesn't have like russian hackers getting into people's emails yeah i know i don't yeah there's there's none of that going like some there's a server or something somewhere where someone's getting this information Mm -hmm. the stores are getting it the blogs are getting it there's a there's a localized place people are getting the information and it's not watermarked like you said It, it seems like fair game and honestly, it was like a month ago where we saw, you know, a mention of Horrible Adorables getting some dunnies, and that was coming out in June. And then like a month later, we're getting, you know, information on Kronk's. So this seems about the right time frame. So why the uprise on, on Kronk's design, but Horrible Adorables, you know, it seemed like a perfectly fine mention. No one mentioned it being bad then. Sure. I can see why Kronk would have gotten mad if he was like, hey, can you not show this or something or like that? And Gary was like... What did, what did I do wrong? Like, well, I'm not going to not show that. Like, whatever. And Crump's like, yeah, but I asked. Like, isn't that enough? Like, I could, that's what I probably would have gotten pissed about. But, you know, that's me. I really like Gary. I really like Toy Chronicle. Yeah. I really like Crump's work. Yeah, so, like, I feel like, I feel like I'm caught in the middle. Yeah, it's a, it's a little awkward reading that thread because I like both of them. Crockton, an amazing designer, and Gary, from what I know about him, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a blogger. He's trying to beat everyone else with a punch on the information. So I get it. I, I understand how it happened. And uh, I don't know. It, hopefully, it doesn't affect anything because I, I I can see where that thread would have come across negative negatively for all parties involved. Yeah, I don't know. I cause we were talking earlier, like, and I know, like, we were sort of like making jokes about like, oh, everybody hates everybody and stuff like that. But I don't know why. Why? I feel like we should all have more in common with each other than we have dividing us. Yeah. Like no, you're absolutely right. You would think so. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I haven't been, I haven't been in the scene like from like the get go or anything like that. But I don't know that it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's unique. Like you mentioned, the art world and fine art world and stuff like that. Fine art world is like horrible and cutthroat. Like I, I experienced a bunch of that in New York, which is sort of why I left that and like sort of found designer toys a little bit. It's not like designer toys are you know breaking the mold and they're not like oh that's so it's like vile and disgusting like. Yeah, people are competitive. People are going. They're in it, trying to you know get ahead for themselves. But I I feel like there's got to be a way that we can all come together and be like, yeah, but we need this industry. We all want this industry to survive and like prosper. I think we can all agree on that. Oh yeah, for sure. There's got to be right. something. I just wish. I think you've talked about it, Gary. Like maybe not on the podcast, but just 
wishing that people are more supportive. And I think it's not that not everyone is. I mean, I, I feel like it, it seems like there's people out there willing to share like techniques, new ways to do molding or get your resin to be clear or, you know, that kind of stuff, like sharing, like, this is how I paint and these are the tools I use and this is how I approach stuff. So I feel like a lot of that's gone out. I just, I don't know. I think, you know, I wish artists would be more willing to be like, oh, hey, like, that's a really cool way. Like, I like that direction. I want to spin off that and influence something. And then someone else says, oh, that's a cool interpretation. Let me, let me take from that and come up with something on my own. And it just seems like any kind of overlaps like that can be taken in a negative way, not necessarily in a positive of, oh, they found that inspirational and something that inspired them to create. It becomes more of a, hey, you stole my idea. Which is weird because if you look at like historically how like art movements have progressed, like you find that people borrowed and copied and stole each other's style all over the place. So it's I don't know if it's any, I don't I certainly don't think it's something we should be worrying about at all. It's just because people are like get locked into like being the thing. Everybody has that one thing that they do. Like I'm the RV guy. And that's my one thing that I do. <laughs> I'm gonna steal that by the way. I'm gonna go RV hunting uh, this weekend. Gosh, you can. We're getting rid of ours. You can uh, let's talk. Oh no, I'm good. Uh, no, I mean, but it's, when you go to a convention, though, it's it's oddly strange how when you like when I went to Five Points, like all that negativity that sometimes I uh, that I sense and I feel, I didn't feel it at all. And the same thing when I go to Designer Con, it's just when you're at the event, it seems like everyone gets along and likes each other and supportive, and it's it's a great event for everybody. And then you go back home, and then yeah, and I wonder if it's because it's small because everybody knows everybody, like. You know, so you can't – there's unaired grievances. We just need the – what is that from Seinfeld? We need the, the holiday where everybody just gets to sit around a table. Festivus. We sit around a table and air our grievances. <laughs> like, George, you remember when you did this? You we son of a bitch. We just need the Dear segment for everyone. Right? Yeah, but. yeah, all people need to do is submit their stuff and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Let's <laughs> jump on the grenade. I mean, speaking of sharing stuff, though, like I think I've said before, like – most of like the reason I'm doing any of this stuff is because George posted things on YouTube about like how to make a pressure pot. Like I wouldn't be talking to anybody right now if George wasn't like, "Hey, I'm gonna teach people how to make a convert a paint pot to a pressure pot." Nice job, George. Look at, Look you. at me though. Right? Creating community. It's uh, it's surprising. I've heard I've heard that same comment a few times about how people have found that pressure pot video, mm-hmm. and it's funny because like that used to be like the most. Like, you know how you get people emailing in. Once someone knows your email, they, you know, everybody's emailing in to ask questions. And it was always like, you know, what do I do? How do I start? Or what? And it's so like, I was just like, all right, I got to, I got to just make this thing just because so many people ask that same question. And I need a place to be able to say, like, just go here. Mm. And it was always because it was always my biggest rant every week was like, everybody's just doing this thing and it's riddled with bubbles and it's always terrible. <laughs> like, it's like, Guys, if you're gonna try and sell something, at least try and make it look good. So that that felt I always felt like that pressure pot thing was like the one starting point, and it's a relatively inexpensive starting point for people to get in on. But it makes the world a difference in your end result. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like I wish more people would notice that, and maybe like the newer people out there have like you know with YouTube have easy access to get all the like access to have everything like how to mix resin, how to, what materials to use, all those things like. All those companies like Smooth On make all those videos about all their mm-hmm. products 
And it's brick, just in, brick in the yard. Watching YouTube. So I wonder though if like what you're so what you're saying is that like out of a negative of something we found this positive. Of you were like, oh, this is a, a something that I see, and then I'm like gonna address it. I wonder because I think a lot of times that we don't we're not as critical maybe as we could be, and so everything gets like shoved. No one can express their emotions on the in the scene. Like no one can be like, oh. Yeah, that sculpt is a really poor example of this, or like the lines are terrible, or like why would you make that crap thing? I bet nobody does that. Nobody says anything. Like there's nobody says any of that stuff to anybody's faces, but well, people stay behind people's back. Like I used to say it all the time, and everyone thought I was just an asshole, but really I was like, yeah, but people respect you for it. Hopefully, people respect it's you for like saying get better when they know, because half the time these people are putting things out that look terrible, and you're like. That looks terrible, but then they cry and they're like, "Oh, you're just a dick." It's like, no, your thing looks terrible, and you're no one's going to tell you. Yeah, but maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need more of that. Maybe we need more like critiques. We need people to be like, "No, like you need to step your game up," or like move on. Like, because we have a lot of people that have transitioned from to this stuff as hobbyists, and that that sounds kind of me like saying it negatively. But like people that don't understand that, like in order to succeed and to do stuff, you're gonna fail like a thousand times before you ever do anything right. And like Sarah's writing me a note. Yeah, Sarah says more honesty in the public forum, which I think, I think you know, you get that shit out. Yeah, because you get that shit out, and you're just like, ah, oh, all right, cool, we move past that. But we don't do any of that stuff. We all just talk about like, or behind somebody's back, you're like, well, that guy put a butt crack in his thing, and that was my. Th- thing and you really need somebody to be like no what the fuck are you talking asshole butt cracks aren't your thing butt cracks are everyone's thing everyone has a butt crack you don't own butt cracks you don't get to you don't get them they're not yours stop it it doesn't help that every blog out there just like posts the picture and is like go get this thing it's great and it's like "Mm, no yeah yeah that's not my i wish yeah i mean uh, blogs are not honest in any of their reviews they're just not well i i've thought about this too and blogs oftentimes are just sharing information they get, which is cool. Like, you know, it's definitely helpful as you know, from an artist's perspective to be like, awesome, you're giving me a big platform. I really appreciate that. But think of if they're going to buy something to review it, like they're, most of the time they're not getting like a promo copy or something to be like, hey, tell me what you think of this. They're going to spend their money on something. So they're going to usually buy something they like. So they're already biased for something. Right. And if a company is sending them product to review – you're getting free products, so you don't want to slam the company that's yeah. been giving you stuff. So, yeah, uh, I, that that was t- that happened a lot on on Toy Break over the years. Was most of the time we would have positive reviews, and it was because we were spending our money. And yeah. when things were sent in, that's when we were allowed to be like, "Well, here we go." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And we would always try and like. I mean, that was the nice thing about having Ben on a lot was. He would because Ben could find something great in everything. Like he would just be the guy that was like, "No, this thing is cool." Like, yeah, but he's not fake about it, which is great. That's why. No, he's not at all. He legitimately could think that. Yeah, he's like, "Well, you guys, I know you're shitting all over it, but I really like yellow." (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) God bless you, Ben. Yellow is awesome. You're right. (laughs) Definitely a lot of times where you have to just do it. Just say that you have to tell people if it's going to be good or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, so I find myself in a weird position because I don't want to sound like like conceited or something, but I have people coming up to me now and they're like, hey, you work so awesome, blah, blah, blah. Like you really inspired me to start doing some of this. And I'm like, are you talking to me? Like, what? 
but they'll hand me something and like sometimes I get cool things but a lot of times it's like a lot of stuff needs a lot of work yeah. but I'm not you know like you can't say these things anymore you can't like I just have to be like oh that's really awesome cool there's a couple times where I'm like all right like why do you have this air bubble like why don't are you doing this are you doing this are you doing this and they just get all pissed off at me <laughs> I, I've been there I've, I've gotten stuff handed to me at conventions and stuff and I guess the difference is is if they're coming to you for feedback and review then you give it to them but if they're you know, proud of something and you've done something that they appreciate and they just want to give you something, you just got to take it and accept it and say thank you. Yeah. Well, maybe we could talk to the makers out there then and say, look, you have to be open to critique. Like that's yeah. the most important part of making art is being open to the critique of it. Because if you're just going to sit there and make things that you love and you're at your house, then, you know, and, and just love everything you do and, you're, and then your family loves it too. And like, here you go you're never going to grow. Like you have to be out there making, making things that are garbage and learning from that and making the next thing better. Like if you're not making the next thing better than the thing you just did, you're not going to grow and your stuff's just going to be stagnant and air ripples and dumb. Yeah. Right. It's not just about technique, but just as an artist, I feel like to be a good artist, even to be a good designer, you have to be willing to accept feedback because you're not going to get better if you just shun it all away and just say, no, 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 this, this very first pass at this design is, is it, this is the best. I mean, you have well, to even, be open. Yeah. And even if, even if you think it's good and somebody's like, well, this is crap, this is crap, this is crap. And you're like, well, no, I think it's good for this reason, this reason you're still learning, like in defending yourself or talking up a product or talking, defending your position, you're right. getting, getting things from that too. Like we don't, I feel like we don't have enough of that. Just conversation. Yeah, yeah for sure. It sucks because, like, I really don't like beating up on stuff either because I like to be all positive. But, like, even, like, you know, Gary, I know we've talked a little bit about the quality control from Kid Robot and how lately it feels like they're slipping a little bit. And we'll, you know, we'll see the, the latest done release and then we look at it in hand and we're like, you know, like, this could have been really, really awesome. But, like, I noticed this and I noticed that. And it just, like, I, w- I wish there was a way to have that open conversation better to be able to say hey like look you all have to realize this is important like the the type of people collecting this stuff care about quality like you have to realize that that's got to be a critical part of your process yeah i think when you're working with you know especially our fan base like our fan base wants high quality they want something that represents the artist that they're a fan of so you can't Mm. uh, you don't want to have bad QC because that, that's going to bite you in the ass in the long run. I feel like if you have to spend the extra dollar or two to, to get the product to where it needs to be, that's what you have to do as a producer. Like You have to know what your factories can do. You have to know their limits and you have to push them and make ensure that the pieces are the best quality that you can get them. Cause I think, yeah, but right. think about that though. You said an extra dollar or two per figure. Now, let's say you're making a thousand figures. That's two grand. That's an extra two grand that someone has to invest in a thing that may or may not sell. That's the risk as a producer. If you were trying to represent an artist, that's what you got to do. Yeah, and it's hard because, yeah, you may save $2,000, but what if you needed to spend that to sell it? I mean, if you skimp on the art side of things, it may not reflect very well, and then people don't want it because it didn't come across as an end product in the way it needed to come across. Yeah, I, like I said, we're not we're not the normal fan base. We're not gonna. A lot of us aren't gonna buy crappy juicing. If it, if it's not up to par, then the collectors aren't gonna buy it, and that's gonna hurt sales in the long run. So you might have to spend that extra 
few bucks to get it where it is. And if a producer can't do that, if they can't represent the artist to the best of their ability, then you know, if you don't have the finances for it, maybe try crowdfunding and, and get it. Now, how the fan base help you get it to where it needs to be? Sure, and that's also not just monetary investment. That's you know, production time, a year, two years of someone's life that they've invested in that. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of factors that go into it. It's just yeah. it's always a letdown when you're excited for something and then you see it in hand. You're like, man, if they just did this or if they just did that. It would have been so much better. Well, so what I'm hearing is we need to critique everybody more, right? From the get-go? I'm in. Kyle, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that this industry really wanted is accepting of the constructive criticism. Yeah, I totally agree it's needed. But the, the few examples I can think of, of people who, who were giving it, um, Jeremy Brotman with his uh, jeremyriad.com. Um, there was Toy Opinionated, another you know blog that was dishing out I truth, love that and and, oh, yeah. try, and try just... all they got was shit. People were not, you know, and they just gave up because it wasn't worth the grief that they were getting over it. But and is I, that they, is that they only got shit because that's only the only people that would respond or people that are pissed off? Like George said, he loved that one. I no, I did too. I loved it. So that's two people. Well, there's two people, but there's two people that probably didn't back it up on social media. So, like, those people, those you know, those two blogs probably only heard the negative feedback and not enough positive feedback and not enough reinforcement to what they were trying to say. And maybe that just took its toll. I think that's – but, you know, I, I do miss going to a blog that has something to say. I, as much as I love just seeing the releases, I also love hearing – you know, actual opinions and thought on things and discussion. I think I, that's one thing I do miss about Toy Opinionated and you know, Jeremyriad. You know, Jeremyriad still is around, but they don't cover designer toys nearly as much anymore. So is the problem, but is the problem then that it becomes a hobbyist, like side piece for everybody? Like it's just sort of like, oh yeah, we do designer toys, but we also have our real jobs and stuff. But is that because we're not allowing it to grow by sort of, cutting everything off of the knees by like not allowing constructive criticism, allowing people to come in and sort of, this is going to sound terrible, but like to sort of deflate the scene, like sort of like, you know, we have amazing artists, but we have a lot of people that put out a sculpt and it's just a bunch of clay stuck together. And then they cast it in resin in like 14 different resin colors and put some glitter in it. Like those... <laughs> actually that stuff looks really good. I got to get some of that. Well, that's the thing is, well, the, it's it's part of the problem with this whole thing too is art is subjective so that thing that i think looks terrible there's people buying it and so obviously it works for somebody else so nobody likes a critic anyway but then when you start to be a critic and you start to critique somebody's stuff it's still it's only gonna like you're only saying it as your opinion anyway so there's still gonna be people who like that thing that you're that you're critiquing so how do you say, like, if a critic is correct? I genuinely respect your opinion. Like, like I will listen to your opinion. And I'm like, George makes good points. Yes, completely. Like, and that's because you've given honest, honest opinion. It carries weight. But that doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> but the, yeah, but I, but that's another thing that we, I don't know. I feel like we're having a, like a conversation about like designer toys growing up a little bit like we all have to be like there's a lot of like high school bullshit with like the drama and like they're like you hurt my feelings or that's my thing i i wear those kind of shoes those shoes are my thing like we need to 
grow the fuck up if we want to be like a professional industry and like really talk about, you know, having a real scene, like a real, like real viable, like some with longevity. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the, part of the problem with the scene is also the great part of the thing that makes the scene great is how easy it is to get involved. You're right. That, yeah, there's a lot of dichotomy. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, that was initially what drew me to it from the fine art scene was that like, oh man, like people are like talking and just, you know, everybody's open with their opinions and they're not even their opinions. They're like, oh yeah, this is where I got this. Or people aren't trying to be like, well, that's my, that's my technique. That's how I learned how to do this. And then, I, I don't know, it feels like it changed a little bit, but and you, from and the you outside. Literally for under $200, you could become part of the scene. Yeah, but should you? No, most of them. And that's but, what. But you I can. Feel like, so I get shit on a lot for people who are like, hey, like, I'm just doing this, I'm doing that. And I'm always like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, why? You're, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money. Like, do, what is your end goal? What do you want from this? And people don't have that answer. And I, I'm, I'm happy that somebody is happy doing something, but I can't, I can't look at that and not think to myself, shit, you're bringing me as my profession down a little bit like people are looking at that and being like comparing it to my stuff and does it does it sort of lower the bar a little bit are people like oh that's not, this is a designer toy and that's a designer toy i don't know is that an asshole well, thing is no, that selfish? I, feel, I feel like you think about it a little bit in the same way that i think about it and it's it's more because we're coming from it from this is our job this is a professional like we're professionally doing this for a living um, and it's not like, hey, I, I go to work and then when I come home, I have some extra money and a little time. So this is what I do at night. And I do. And but, but I'm a toy designer now. And it's like, no, that you're, you're not. not, you know, yeah. you're not. And that's 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 part of the problem. And that's I've said this before and it's gotten me in trouble because everyone thinks I'm an asshole. Mexico. But yeah. it's it's just like, well, no, I this is I'm trying to be a professional at this. This is my living. This is how I make a living. This is my profession. I've went to school for this. I've studied many years for this. And it's not just like this hobby I do on the side for fun. Like this is what I do. This is what I do. This is my life. So it's like when someone comes in and they're just like, look at my cool thing. It's like I can't. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I definitely learned over time that keep like sometimes it's better to just let those people go away on their own because they do yeah like you'll, i mean you know you'll they'll try it it's too hard they won't sell any or you'll sell three and then you realize like oh if i just turn this into boba fett it'll sell more and then those people will just eventually just fade away because they're not into it they're not, they don't they don't get that initial high that they got off having something sell the first time they made boba fett mm, yeah yeah. Gary, Teresa, are you guys sleeping? I know. I'm here. <laughs> I, I'm just trying not to sleep. I'm up. here. Are they even still there? <laughs> we're we're just taking it all in. I mean, I think it's all very valid. I just, you know, I'm I'm from a collector standpoint, so I'm not really on that side of things. So I'm just well, kind of. How do I mean, you but you're talking judge which piece you're going to buy based on like does it even matter to you if it's some guy that's just making it as a hobby or if it's a professional trying to make it his career? Have it, does that even cross your mind when it, when you're picking it up, or is it just is this cute? But I mean, we talked we talked about that. She just talked about quality control and yeah. various things. Like those are all things that come hand in hand with 
being more professional. Right. Like if, if someone comes in and they're a brand new artist and they do a really, really good job and I like it, I'm all for it, but quality is a big factor for me. And so, you know, I'm going to care that someone, you know, worked really hard to hide seam lines and sanded stuff down and had a killer paint job, you know, versus, so, I mean, it's important, but I don't necessarily like, I'm not going to weigh and say, oh, you've been around longer. I'm more likely to buy your stuff, but the quality of the piece and what they make is going to be really important to me. But I'm also, I really like supporting artists who are up and coming, especially if I like where they're going. Even if I know like their early work may not be as good as where they could get, I'm going to support them because I want them to say like, yes, I like this. Keep going. Like you have a good thing going. I like where you're trying to go and the ideas you're creating, like keep making more. Cause I think you can make even cooler things if you keep at it. I think we should end this podcast before Gary throws up, I'm, though. I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah, well, I was yeah, I think you're right. Well, why don't we wrap this up, and why don't you tell people where they can find you? Uh, the best place to find me is on Instagram, because I post there more frequently than anything else. I have a website, but I don't even think I have the new Willow release on there. I'm so terrible at it. Well, you should uh, probably tell people what your Instagram is. So what's my Instagram? It's Kyle Kerwin. It's just my name, Kyle Kerwin. It's not W, right? Yeah. Nope, just Kyle Kerwin. Just Kyle, at Kyle Kerwin. Well, thanks for joining, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. I appreciate it. Well, I guess we'll see you in a couple months at Five Points. Yeah, I'll be there. All right. I'll be sans, sans RV, but I'll be there. All right, George, you want to take a brief moment to let people know where they can find you? Uh, at Double G Toys on Instagram. For now, that's it. <laughs> Teresa. Uh, find me on Instagram at tmhawk24. I'm Gary Ham. Gary Ham on Instagram, superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We try to do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. So until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. It's so weird to hear it without the music. <laughs> <laughs>